From the Medical Republic, I'm Francis Wilkins. This is The Tea Room. We're currently talking to the seven candidates who've nominated themselves to be the next president of the RACGP. And the candidate who joins us in The Tea Room today is Dr. Julian Fitch. Julian's a rural GP and practice principal in Wangaratta, northeastern Victoria, where among other things, he mentors and trains IMGs to RACGP fellowship. He worked for more than 10 years as a community pharmacist, and he believes his research into syringe supply by community pharmacists has helped reshape pharmacy practice through the provision of clean injecting equipment. He's also got many years of army medical and NGO volunteer experience, including in several African countries. Julian says that if elected, he would develop the college as a source of independent expert policy advice. He would also help government projects that are doomed to failure. And among those, he numbers the Superclinics program and the recent change to DPAs which will draw doctors away from rural and remote areas. Julian, welcome to the Tea Room, and thanks for joining us for a quick chat. So I guess the question is, uh, when we ask everyone, is why are you running for RACGB president? Well, Francis, I'm a veteran, and I'm trying to take things easy, living up here in the country with a country GP practice. But I am concerned about what's going on in Australia and how effective the RACGP is at representing members, including myself. So I have been sufficiently concerned to put my hand up and I've discussed it with colleagues and I've received plenty of nominations. And I, I'm now interested because of the, the crisis that general practice is in. You have uh, in your campaign material certainly expressed, in your words, uh, disappointment with the college's contribution to a wide range of matters that directly affect us and the health of the community. Could you elaborate on that? What's the uh, source of your disappointment in the contribution of the college? Sure. So we have a couple of medical practices up here in Wangaratta in northeast Victoria, and we're also part owners of two pharmacies in rural area because my wife and I are both pharmacists. And the medical practice is currently $200,000 in the red. And the medical practices only survive by virtue of the PIPs, the practice incentive payments, and the WIPs, the workforce incentive payments. And general practice has become untenable without these extra grants from the government. So I should be able to provide a medical service and not have to pay for it. I should be paid for my work as a doctor. So the the figures this year from our accountant are that without those grants, we would be $200,000 in the red. That's a very significant sum, obviously. But what would your solution be to the environment that leaves you in that position? Well, my colleagues have voiced similar concerns and we can see with things like the collapse of TriStar, which was a bulk billing series of clinics, that it's a widespread problem and the especially affects rural general practitioners because we provide a lot more services than our than our city colleagues. And the the only thing that can address a financial shortfall is an increase in funding. I 
think that the college has failed to explain to the government in a satisfactory manner how serious this is and what it means for the future of general practice. And this is something that's been voiced over many years now, isn't it, by previous presidents of the RACGP. What would you do, though, to emphasise the message in a new way that actually gets it across to parties that need to know about it? So that's a matter of personality and character and leadership. So I, I'm very experienced at working with government, and I've successfully led government to adopt practices and policies which have been uh, beneficial to the health of Australians. And while I was an officer in the Australian Army, I have the necessary experience character and training to be able to put the messages to government in a way that they cannot ignore. I am a very effective communicator. Do you think the government we have in power now does actually represent a substantive change when it comes to healthcare and and specifically with relationships with the RSAGP and other groups and so on? I mean, it's a Labour government. We do have several GPs in the House. Does that represent something that will make a genuine difference? So I think that politicians, are, whether they're left or right, in Australia, they're very close to the centre. And I don't think there's a great deal of difference. In fact, one of the first decisions that the new Albanese government made was to, to declare some of the inner areas as automatic areas of need. And that will just pull doctors out of rural and remote Australia and negatively affect rural and remote healthcare. I think this government is no better or worse than the last government. And I think the what's required is to, to put the, the plight of general practice firmly at the front of the minds of the health ministers and not just the federal health minister, but also the state and health ministers and also local councils need to be aware of the importance of general practice for their communities. And when we talk about rural, obviously the uh, the IMGs are a consideration there. And you mentioned TriStar, which is now defunct, obviously. What are your concerns and thoughts about the role of IMGs? So the rural workforce relies heavily on IMGs. So in, in my practices, I think that we have 11 doctors, and I think two of us are Australian-trained. All of the rest are international medical graduates, and some of whom I have mentored and supervised through their fellowship exams, and we rely heavily on them, and we treat them like dirt. It is embarrassing and shameful the way we treat our IMG colleagues. The RACGP is, or should be, the premier doctors advocacy group in Australia. We have, I think, in excess of 40,000 members, much more than anyone else. And the international medical graduates are overwhelmingly general practitioners who come here and work in general practice. And it is incumbent on the RACGP to support those members as well. I have been horrified at some of the developments that really diminish the contribution that IMGs make to healthcare in Australia. It is appalling that we we need them and we get them out here, but the bureaucratic hurdles and the uh, 
the flippancy with which APRA and the Australian Medical Board treat uh, IMGs is, is appalling. And the RACGP needs to start standing up for this group of its members. There need to be some fairly stern letters written to uh, the Minister and the Medical Board of Australia and APRA to get them to make life easier for the international medical graduates. It is unnecessarily difficult for them. You've emphasised that in, again, in your campaign material. What are some of the other policy areas that the RACGP could be very active on following consequent benefits for the profession? I think the, uh, the college has an obligation to provide medical advice to the health ministers, state and federal, and also to engage with local councils, especially in rural and regional and remote areas where things like housing and the actual infrastructure for general practitioners is an issue. Uh, I, I would be much more engaged at the state and local level than the college has been previously. You've had some success, I believe, with the Victorian government in securing a significant amount of funding for a project. Can you tell us a bit about that? So what I've found in my dealings with government is that government cannot ignore good policy that is put to them properly. So in, in that case, with the alcohol and drug rehabilitation, I was a candidate for the Australian Country Party or the Australian Country Alliance, it may have been then, which is a, a minor party. It was a state election. And I've been working at Odyssey House for about 13 years now. And together with Odyssey House, we developed a policy that outlined the need for rural uh, alcohol and drug rehabilitation. And we did a good job of developing the policy and costing it and campaigning the electors um, why it would be in everybody's interest to have alcohol and drug rehabilitation available in rural and regional areas. And we published that. And within a few days, it was taken up by both the major parties and the Labor Party got elected. That was Daniel Andrews. And he implemented my policy, the policy that I had developed and put out there with Odyssey House. And we now have $52 million worth of alcohol and drug rehabilitation in country Victoria, which was not on the cards before I put that policy together. In another area earlier in my career as a pharmacist, I convinced the Pharmacy Board of Victoria to, to investigate the, the supply of safe injecting equipment to drug users and I had to drag them kicking and screaming into this new harm minimisation approach that Australia had adopted. But again, you just have to put your arguments to the policymakers in a way which is incontrovertible. So there is, there is no possibility that they do not understand the seriousness of the issue and why policy change is needed. And you can use other pressures. And in that case, I used the Age newspaper. And that had a dramatic effect on the Pharmacy Board of Victoria. And Australia is now one of the leading suppliers of clean injecting equipment in the world. And we have a very low HIV infection rate in our injecting drug users. Now, when it comes to policy, I know something you have quite a passion about is over-regulation, handling that. What's your thoughts about how you could play a role with the RACGP? 
So for example, overregulation is when I go through the process of registering as a medical practitioner, and then every bastard from then on thinks that they can ask me for identical documentation, and I have to basically re-register with every hospital or uh, any any other government body that, that I wish to work with. And it, it's completely unreasonable that we have to produce the same documents over and over again. Once a doctor is registered and we're up on the National Register, that should be the end of it. I should not have to then do working with children checks and police checks and all the other things that people like to insist on, because all of that has been handled by the appropriate boards. It, and I think that the college, where it's obvious that these things are happening, should be writing on behalf of its members to these people and saying, look, you need to stop inflicting this extra and unnecessary workload on our medical practitioners. They don't need to provide you with this information. They've provided it all to the Medical Board of Australia. They're registered. And that's all you need to know. The Medical Board of Australia regulates medical practice, not you. And then you shouldn't be trying to take on the Medical Board's job. So I'd imagine you have some fairly clear ideas about APRA and maybe the PSR as well, because those are certainly uh, bodies of concern, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I've, I've had personal experience with the uh, PSR. The, um, I got this phone call because of my work with Odyssey House, and they uh, wanted to come in and have a look at my, my notes for these patients. And they, they wouldn't go to Odyssey House, where I actually did the work. They came into my general practice in Wangaratta, and they, they looked at a GP mental health care plan I had done for one of the patients at Odyssey House and said, well, that's... Uh, that's no good because you didn't put a data review on that. So you're going to have to repay two years of your GP mental health care plans because you didn't put a data review. And I, I said to the investigator, I don't need to put a data review because I go out there every week and I have done for 10 years and that's unnecessary. And they insisted that I had to repay this money, which was about $7,000. It wasn't. It wasn't huge, but it was just wrong. The PSR just just took money they had no entitlement to. I definitely provided the service. Psychologists visit at Odyssey House. They use the GP mental health care plans. It was all above board and completely legitimate. And the reason I was investigated was because the average age of my patients at Odyssey House was younger than the average age of my patients in my general practice. It is unbelievable that I, I would be punished for providing care for people with substance uh, misuse disorders. It, it's just appalling. And I think that these things need to be challenged in, in court. And also, we, we need to have effective lobbying to these bodies so that we can explain to them what is acceptable in terms of uh, regulation with the PSR. You certainly wouldn't be the only one to have that concern. Here at the Medical Republic, we actually had practitioners contact us directly with personal concerns about the PSR. So that's something we will be following with uh, considerable interest. Let me ask you just lastly, you do emphasize your independence. You're not, you're not part of a faction and you say you haven't been an active member of the college prior to the election. 
Some people would say that's a strength. Others would say it's a point of concern. Do you think not being active in the college to this point gives you an advantage, is a benefit? Well, I, um, I look at other candidates who have a uh, strong involvement with a college, and I would question whether they have proven themselves to be effective as representatives for the college. And I, I would have to say that I'm very disappointed with the poor showing by the college over recent years and that members are better off trying somebody new and unaligned and uncontaminated by the conduct of the college rather than trying someone who's an existing board member or otherwise involved who is much more likely to just continue along the same lines that the college has has in the past. I understand that uh, there's there, there are benefits to, to knowing the system, but I'm a very experienced director, a very experienced manager. I'm very highly trained in, in leadership and big management through the Australian Army. And I think that I am the, the most senior, the most uh, well-credentialed candidate and that I have, I have demonstrated with my past successes with government that uh, I am able to lobby them effectively. The thing that I was expecting you to ask about was how does me being a pharmacist and being a pharmacy owner, what sort of conflict of interest does that raise with being the president of the RACGP? Well, you've raised it, so answer it. <laughs> what do you think, Julian? <laughs> so I, I think it's a strength that I am also a pharmacist because, as I've said in my um, ballot statement, I, I am able to argue the college's viewpoint from a position of knowledge and experience. So I can tell you pharmacists should not be prescribing. That it's just not, that that's not a way to fix the problems that we have in medicine. Pharmacists have a very uh, sound set of, of skills, but they are, they are just not trained to be doing things like diagnosing and treating urinary tract infections. It is well outside their scope of practice, their training, their education. A strong point and one that would be shared by, I'm sure, many of your colleagues. As with all the candidates, let's see how that plays out at the ballot box. That was Dr. Julian Fidge talking to The Tea Room. Next time, I'll be talking to the last of our candidates for the RACGP presidency. See you then. And if you missed the earlier episodes, visit medicalrepublic.com.au to hear what the previous candidates had to say. You could also search for us on your favorite podcast player and subscribe. Leave us a review if you like. And if you have any news tips or want to chat, you can email me at francis at medicalrepublic.com.au. The Tea Room is a production by the journalists at the Medical Republic. Visit medicalrepublic.com.au. Keep up to date with all the latest news and views in general practice. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. We love to keep you informed. Thanks for tuning in.